In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It might have been 14, 15 years ago when homeschoolers first invited me to go on their annual ski vacation, which of course is the week that everyone else goes back to school, so the, the mountains are empty. So it was out at Seven Springs in Pennsylvania with maybe about 15, 20 families that I stumbled upon a scene I'd never even uh, imagined before, which was bartenders celebrating their own New Year's in the middle of January. Because, of course, they're working on New Year's Day, so they have their own day when they celebrate New Year's and wish each other Happy New Year. It makes sense. We're already familiar with other calendars, whether it be the lunar calendar that begins its new year with the, the, with the first moon of spring, so somewhere uh, between February 19 and March 20th, something like that. And the Chinese calendar, Korean, Vietnamese calendars would be based on that either directly or loosely. And then there's the solar calendar, of which I only learned only a year or two ago, um, which begins with the, the rising of the sun over the celestial horizon towards the north. So it coincides with the vernal equinox. So that's either March 19, March 20, or March 21st. And so the Babylonian calendar was based on that solar year. And so the Zoroastrian or Persian calendars would follow um, would follow that solar year. And then not fitting into either category is the Jewish calendar, which obviously is lunar month by month, but New Year's in the Jewish calendar is Rosh Hashanah, which is exactly 165 days after the first day of Passover. So this is in September, roughly, and that really more corresponds to uh, activities of harvest and, and productivity. But besides those other calendars of other cultures and other religions, there are even those people who, within this Christian context, celebrate New Year's on a different, on a different day, although you wonder how much um, they're really celebrating. I don't know that accountants really celebrate on July 1st, the beginning of a new fiscal year, they probably celebrate the fact that the old year is over, not that the new year has begun. Baseball fans probably do celebrate the, the new year in the sense of spring training and the day that pitchers and catchers have to report for practice somewhere around February 20th or so. But with regard to any of these calendars, it's worth asking ourselves a few questions. Do they... Do they enjoy the activity? If, if so, maybe they do celebrate and say Happy New Year. If not, they simply acknowledge that um, another year has begun. What does that year have to offer? And what's at stake? How much do they need it to be a good year? And then ultimately, how do your prospects look? All of that then translates into, is it something to which you look forward or not? depending on your baseball team, depending on their salary structure, depending on all sorts of other things at stake, you may very well consider that this year has good prospects, you need it to be a good year, and therefore, maybe you're even looking forward to it. 
Well, as the church calendar begins anew, we ask ourselves similar questions, or we're wise to anyway. First of all, do we even enjoy this activity, which asks another question or begs another question, what is the activity which is being governed by this calendar which is just started over? Well, it's the liturgical, liturgical calendar, the calendar that governs our, our worship. And so do we enjoy worship? Probably to the degree that we understand it and to the degree that we are becoming good at it, we enjoy it. There's obviously an initial beauty which we can appreciate, whether it be a beautiful, uh, a beautiful musical setting or beautiful architecture or other things that are, that are beautiful as a matter of circumstance. But once we decide to, to make this something regular, there has to be something else about it that we enjoy, namely, do we enjoy this activity? Do we even understand what activity is happening? And so I offer this to you, not necessarily for your own immediate benefit, but for the benefit of those who might complain to you that they don't enjoy going to Mass. Or are they, are they good at what we do here? Are they good at prayer? Prayer is an activity. We can, we can develop that habit or get worse at it. To the degree that people worship well, to the, depends on do they understand that what happens here is the worship of God the Father, the sacrifice of God the Son, offered up not just once in time, but eternally for all of us. You understand that when we pray, we are not only asking for good things to come to us and good things to fall on the people we love, but we pray and offer up ourselves and participate and a sacrifice. It might be our activities. It might be our prayers and our sentiments. It might be our sacrifices and penances. As we make that a habit and as we get better at it, we enjoy what we do here. What does it have to offer? Simply put, eternal life and salvation. And so we know that, in fact, we do need it to be a good year. And yet we acknowledge that to the degree that it depends on us, the prospects for this year are fairly bleak. To the degree that it depends on God, everything is promising. When we consider all these different calendars, Some of them actually do acknowledge that this new year could be good and happy to the degree that it makes reference to God, of course. With the new year, nature brings sun and rain and oxygen and warmth. And so new life springs forth because of God. To the degree that the calendar makes reference to human activity, then it's a complicated question. The things that depend completely on us will be bad. To the degree that our activity is connected to God's, it should be good. 
And so a new year may be for so many people a new burden or just simply things getting older. But if God is the focus of this new year and his activity is what it is about, in fact, the year will be new. He's the only thing, the only one who brings about anything new that's good. And so then we insert ourselves as secondary causes. We insert ourselves as reflecting the glory of God, doing the will of God. Acts of faith, hope, and love, works of mercy, works of charity. These are our activities which we could prevent from happening. But as God being their cause and our being the agent of them happening, the means for which they come into the world, we actually can look forward to good things happening through us, not just in spite of us. And then there's obviously the direct activity of God because this calendar governing our liturgy functions to focus our attention on every different act of God in salvation history. Everything from creation to judgment. The incarnation, our Lord's passion, death, and resurrection. Everything that he continues to do through the church and through his glorious saints. And so this calendar is worth celebrating as a happy new year. We might then consider what would be the, rev- the resolutions that should accompany this new year. Well, namely, that which we renew frequently. I resolve to sin no more and to avoid the near occasion of sin. I resolve to love God, to love my neighbor, to love my enemies. In particular for Advent, like a little Lent, it might be good to take up a particular work of spiritual reading or to take up uh, a new spiritual practice, make daily a prayer that's only ever been occasional or to take up a penance and a sacrifice to offer up to God. And then hopefully this new year sees us getting better at what we do, or namely getting better at being about God's business. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.